Hey, I'm your host, Lamar L.A. Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Today, I'm with Elijah Gons, and he is a two-time alum of The Ohio State University, where he played on a team in 2015 and played until 2018. He recently just finished his doctorate of pharmacy at Ohio State in May of this year. He's now a pharmacist at Walgreens while also diving into other entrepreneurial endeavors. So Elijah prefers for us to call him Dr. Eli. Hey, whoa. Eli. hey I didn't say that. Hey, you can call me, <laughs> hey, you can call me Dr. Goings or Eli. Only one of you calls me Dr. Eli. <laughs> Hey, I never said I preferred it. I just let them flow with it. So you can call me one or the other for real. <laughs> I was just about to say Dr. Eli for the ladies, which you already like. <laughs> you already throw it out there. Dr. Gones with Eli. Okay, that's good to know. Because even calling you Dr. Eli so long, I'm just like, hey, I didn't know that was a thing, but. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. So today we want to talk about, you know, your collegiate career at Ohio State and how that's impacted you as a man. And also want to talk about how those principles led you to wanting to become a pharmacist, as well as diving more into entrepreneurship. So my first question, which is pretty much my first question on almost every episode, is yeah. how was your childhood? My childhood? Yeah. Uh... Let me see. I was right. So I claim, I can claim two states. Right? I can claim Ohio, which is where I spent the last decade of my life, or I can claim North Carolina. Basically, the reason I can claim those two is because, so I was raised like elementary, middle, high school in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. My parents moved around a lot there in the military, but most of my family is from Columbus, Ohio. So once I finished up school, I moved back to Columbus, Ohio to go to Ohio State to be close to the family, essentially. But my childhood upbringing was pretty good. <clears throat> I have two younger brothers. <clears throat> my youngest one is 24. <clears throat> His name is Nick. We have the same dad, or same mom, different dad. And so I was raised mostly by um, my stepdad and my mom. And then I would see my uh, biological father in the summers. And then I have another brother who's 25. He's just a year younger than me. Um, we have the same dad, different mom. So the dad that I would see in the summers, <clears throat> I would be with him mostly. But I mean, I'm, we're mad cool. Like, there was... I would say, a, you know, some trauma initially, younger childhood, you know, parents have issues there and there. But once everybody got grown, all that got squashed, all the beef was squashed. So really good. But my upbringing is phenomenal. Yeah, my parents taught me everything. Like they gave me, they, they basically made me who I am today. So I wouldn't be here without them, 100%. So. Nice, nice, nice. So <clears throat> I know you say you went to Ohio State to be closer to family. Yep. But... Obviously, I know you played football there, like you walked on. Were there any other schools that you had in mind, or was the plan like go to Ohio State and I'm gonna walk on? Nah, so like the plan actually was so coming out of high school, I was um, uh, a state champion in track and field, and I balled out in uh, high school football. I was a safety, but like I didn't have any like D1 offers coming out of high school for football. I had D1 offers for uh, for track for track and field, but honestly, I was doing track and field for shits and giggles. It was just <laughs> It was really thrill to like, you know, boost my resume in a sense for college. Like in college is like athletes, they they want you to be yeah. activity. So I was just doing that and I ended up just killing that shit. 
But like D1 uh, track and field, it was too much running for it. I'm like, I'm not trying to like running every day, all day. Like, I don't got a passion for this. So I blew that off and I was like, I, I'd always had aspirations of going to Ohio State without football for sure. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm like, my family's back there. I'm going to go back to the home city. <clears throat> so I came to Ohio State. Um, actually, not even Ohio State. I actually ended up going to Columbus State, which is a community college, my first year out of high school. Because I got accepted to Ohio State, but out-of-state tuition was crazy expensive. Yeah. What I, was, um, I went to, uh, I moved to Columbus. I moved in with my uh, my pops who lived in Columbus. And I stayed there for one year, so I gained in-state residency. Smart. Then I just transferred from Columbus State to Ohio State, and I, I'm paying in-state tuition now at this point, so they, they ain't waxing me no more. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so sophomore year, basically, of college, like, towards the end of it, Ohio State had just won the national championship. And I was, was like, that the year when they had Zeke? Exactly. Yeah, yeah Zeke, that's what I thought. Cardell. Cardell and yeah. all of that. So like, that was, yeah, when they, basically, like, we nobody expected us to do anything. So I think we lost yeah. our first year because uh, Braxton Miller had gotten hurt. I want to say, was that it? Yeah, because Braxton Miller had got hurt. Basically, our, our, our season was in shambles initially, but we ended up balling out towards the end. But uh, I was sitting home watching that national championship game, and I was like, damn, I miss football for real. Because I had no aspirations of playing ball in college. I was like, I just want to be a student. Like, I'm tired of being a student athlete. But then after watching that game, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to walk on. So let me, like, this is so the game was January 1st? No, like 6th, 5th or 6th or something like that. I'm watching it. They had, I looked up online, they had tryouts probably like two weeks later. So I was like, I'm going to get in. Sh- I mean, I was, I was already in shape. I was working out, but like, I'm going to get in football shape. Yeah. My 40, 225, bench test, all that. <clears throat> so over the next two uh, two weeks, started training a little bit. Went to the uh, walk-on tryouts, probably like a good 50 people. Ended up killing that shit. And then it was, the rest was history for real. Golly. So hold up. Out of those walk-on trials, how many guys actually make the team? Uh, so there was four of us. Four, um, so one of my cast names is Logan Keller, Sinquan Haney, and then <clears throat> there was one other cat, but he literally, like, he was only on the team for, like, two months, and he ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only person who low-key stuck it, who, like, finished that with me was Sinquan Haney. Logan Keller ended up getting hurt and had to leave the program, essentially, and then me and Sinquan, we basically stuck it out to the end until we graduated. So, yeah, we, it was the originals. That's impressive. Appreciate it was a it was hey I impressed myself for real I got that email like a week later I was like oh fuck this is this is real this is real so it was a wrap from there how how was that like I guess not even well the journey in itself is a mouthful but how was that like transition because you went from being a regular student you thought that's what you wanted to do the next thing you know, you're like, oh, let me get into football. And now not only are you on a football team, a high-level D1 football team, you're on like one or two or three programs in the country that are considered like the football programs to be on. Exactly. That article was critical. Uh, honestly, so uh, true story. A lot of people don't even know this. Like the first few weeks, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit because it was so difficult. Like, uh, no, nothing against like you know communication majors or econ majors or none of that. Most of my teammates were like, just basically bullshit. They wanted to go to the league. I had I was a pharmaceutical science major, so like I had like basically like real classes like like organic chemistry, biochem, uh, calculus, 
like taking all these classes in addition to working. I was working at CVS at the time as a pharmacy technician plus football. So like as soon as football, as soon as I started playing ball, it's like having three jobs. I was, God, I, was I was falling asleep in class. I never fall, fell asleep in class. I was I, we were practicing in the morning. We would have uh, practice, eat, workouts, meetings, and I would go to class and I would be fucking tired as hell in class, like trying to like you know write formulas and shit and study and listen to the uh, lecturer. Literally knocked. I remember one day I literally just passed out mid class. Woke up twenty minutes later. I was like, how long was I out? But, <laughs> It was difficult as hell, and I was low-key, like, on the verge of quitting. I was like, I can't do this. It's too much. Like, either I got to change majors or I got to stop playing. But uh, somehow God manif manifested a way for me to, you know, start managing my time. And after, a f like, probably, like, two or three months, I was able to, to, to really hone my time management skills, and I just started killing, and I was able to manage my job, my uh, curriculars, and then football. So it, just, it, it was just a, a very rough, rough start for sure, trying to manage all that. That's great. So, obviously, you kind of went for pharmaceutical sciences before you ended up playing football at school. So, like, going there, was that always your goal to be, you know, a legal drug dealer? Or <laughs> was it... <laughs> I, I do my research. I do my research, journalist. Or was it, like, was there other options that you were thinking about far as when it came to majors? Nah, so I, right out of high school, I knew I wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, my mom, basically, I, I've always wanted to be in the medical field. My mom was a nurse. I mean, she instilled in me, like, helping people and just just going from that aspect. Plus, like, being in the medical field, you'll always be financially stable. You always have a job. You can go anywhere you want. So I was like, you know, take two of those together. Plus, I was really good at math and science. I'm like, pharmacy is my calling for real. And then I ended up getting a job at CVS as a technician just to see if I really would, you know, like working as a pharmacist or a tech or just working in the pharmacy environment and I end up loving it and from there I was just like yeah I'm just going to major in pharmaceutical sciences that's the easiest pathway to go from undergrad to pharmacy school because um, they they look at people who are like essentially like a lot of the pharmaceutical science um, professors are the same professors that work in the um, college of pharmacy for the um, doctorate program uh, I looked at my foot in the door from day one since I was a pharmaceutical sciences major so Essentially, I finessed the program a little bit, but I mean, you got to do your research. So, yeah. day one, I I'd already had aspirations of being a pharmacist. Nice, nice, nice. So, now you get in the football team, you're doing well, and you did what most walk-ons don't get to do and become a scholarship player. So, I'm curious, how did they reveal to you that you got the scholarly, like, how, how did that happen? Uh, <clears throat> so actually, I didn't even, there was talks, there was talks in the water about me potentially getting a scholarship, but it was like that literally like every year, like Coach Mario and my, my, um, my uh, skill position coaches, because I had three, at the, uh, three different ones to the three years that I was there. <clears throat> there would always be talks about, you might be getting a scholarship going, you might be getting a scholarship, you know, you've been balling out on special teams, it, it might be coming your way. And it didn't happen until my third year with the program and it was actually during training camp, uh, right before the season started. And I had just been converted over to wide receiver. And I actually caught my, I just caught my first touchdown in practice <clears throat> uh, during like one of our, um, our like quote unquote game days. It's basically a scrimmage, a live scrimmage against. Interest scrimmage. Exactly. Yeah. And it was like, but, but they have like, uh, it's low key kind of official because they have like parents, they have fans come out and they watch us via oh, practice. Man. 
And so I just caught my first touchdown as a receiver because I just uh, switched over from uh, DB to receiver. And then practice had ended, and Coach Meyer started talking. And then um, Loki is kind of a, a, a blur at this point, but he was talking, he was talking, and then I heard him say scholarship. And then he was like, we have uh, Elijah going, who's now on full ride, scholarship, this and that. And they had the cameras out, brought me up. Like, it was just – it was super unexpected because I was low-key at this point. Like, this was probably in the middle of training camp. It was it was getting rough. It was getting real rough. My body was sore as hell. You know, mentally, you're, like, done, done, like, checked out. And I'm like, God damn, like, moving – like, this trend – moving from a whole d- different position, DB to receiver is a lot. You got to learn the playbook. Like, yeah. I'm I'm – I'm a three-year veteran, but like I'm a I'm a one-year newbie at my primary position. So it was just hard as hell. And I was just like, I'm in the slumps at this point. And then when they gave me that scholarship, it was really a blessing because like it was like the lowest point for a training camp, just physically and uh, in a mental standpoint. But they surprised us right, uh, they surprised me right into the uh the practice. They gave me and my boy Zach Turnier uh scholarship that day. So it was up from there, and then like they had me call my mom essentially, and like they had me on camera calling her, and she was she was proud as hell, you know, crying on the phone and everything. It was yeah. a moment. <clears throat> nice, nice. I can only imagine. Me, I would be crying too. You telling me one year student debt, so I don't got to worry about? Hey, like, fact. Hey, and it's expensive at Ohio State. For yeah, sure. hey, very I- expensive. Yeah. So obviously, outside of football, just the slightly different term i am curious what was your favorite part about going to ohio state because i've been there twice like the visit like the grad programs did and mm-hmm. i'm gonna be honest it's the only school that i've been to maybe ohio not ohio state maybe arizona state maybe but the only school i can definitively say that i've been to that looks better than uk's campus i would say Ohio's my favorite part, you said? That was the original question? Yeah, original part. What's your, like, favorite part of the, of the experience? Definitely got to say the, um, damn. You can't I'm, say girls. Huh? <laughs> you can't say girls. I'm just messing. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I would say low-key, like, the diversity. Like, in the, in the opportunities, like, just being at Ohio State, like, in that presence, in that aura. Whenever I would tell anybody that I was going to or attending Ohio State, they they would change their tone of voice essentially like like right before I would speak you know I would be like oh I, I go to Ohio State I'm in the doctorate of pharmacy uh, candidate program or I'm getting my uh, BSP which is pharmaceutical sciences at Ohio State and I'm like Ohio State Ohio State just having like that when you say Ohio State how it has that power that meaning to it like because of the history and the tradition to it like it was nice being able to utilize that in any conversation or telling anyone because low key. Like, Ohio really isn't popping like that except for Columbus. And within Columbus, the only thing that's really popping is Ohio State. I mean, it's up and coming nowadays, you know, the nightlife and everything. But mm-hmm. Ohio State is like – like, if you play football there, you are a celebrity. Like, because the Browns yeah. – Cleveland Browns are trash for real. And yeah. then, like, Ohio State, we're, I mean, we're good every year. So, like, you low-key – not even low-key, high-key were a celebrity walking on campus. And when I would be like, oh, yeah, I played Ohio – I mean – I. If I say I was at, at Ohio State, like, oh, really? And then I'd be like, I played at Ohio State. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Real? You're a player? You're a player? Like, I would say just, like, you know, having that in my back pocket was probably the, the best experience for sure. But the people there are great, you know. A lot of uh, genuine and kind-hearted people and, and authentic people for sure. It's a huge campus, but it's yes. very – it's a huge – but, like, a lot of people know a lot of people. And it was, mm. it was great and uh, a blessing to have so many connections. 
but see I like that you said like a lot of people know a lot of people because I think that is an underrated part of certain big schools like you just look at the demographic as far as how many students there and you assume that oh you probably don't know that many people or like you could just go a whole week and I see certain people but as far as like a big school like you said Ohio State like everybody knows everybody exactly exactly and the thing too is like and that's because you would hang out with the same people essentially like yeah. when I all there like of course I'm with my teammates and my teammates are going to the same bars same restaurants you're around the same people like it was like we all ran in the same circle but it's still a huge <laughs> campus there's still plenty of spots to go there was I mean <clears throat> I probably saw somebody new every every day, hundred percent, because it's still a huge campus. Yeah, but I just yeah. also probably see someone I knew every day too. So, yeah. no, UK was the same way. Like UK, even though it was like thirty thousand plus students, like obviously Ohio State is twice as big as that. But you kind of saw the same people every day for the most part. Like you kind of knew where you was going, same routine, all of that. And I think that's more of a product of being at a college town opposed to just being at a big school. Because oh, you could be at a big school, but it's not really a college town, and it just feels like you're a number. But right. if you're at a big school where it's a college town, like the Ohio State's, the Kentucky's, Alabama, schools like that, it just feels like normal. You're like, oh, there's 30,000 people? It don't right. even feel like it. It don't, it don't feel like it at all. And so you walk into class and you see a fucking swarm of people just all going towards the oval. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I go to a college where there's 50K plus people here. So, yeah. but not yet. You get the, the small, small school feel sometimes. You get that big feel. So that's that's another reason why I liked it. Because it's low-key. I mean, it's a big school, but I, I got the hybrid version of it. You know, I got <clears throat> both aspects. So... Obviously, now you're a pharmacist, right? You're actually in the, the working world. And you, you told me about this, like, off the record, but I do think people would love to hear about this aspect of it. So what made you choose Arizona of all places to move to once you got your degree? Um, so it goes back to, well, it'll start with football. So the first time I ever came to Arizona was 2015 when I was still playing ball at Ohio State. We were actually... Uh, out here for the Fiesta Bowl, and we are playing Notre Dame. And I remember getting off the plane, and it's like the end of December at this point. So we're coming from Columbus, Ohio. It's like 10 degrees outside. I'm fucking freezing. I'm wearing a winter coat at Ohio. We get here, get off the plane. It's 75 degrees. The sun is out. There's no clouds. I'm like, what? It's the end of December, and it's feeling like this? So that was the first thing that just hit, hit me when I got to Arizona. I was like, this weather is phenomenal. Then we get to the hotel and the people there are just like people in general in Arizona are just mad cool, mad diverse. Like, but like, and this, this is kind of shallow, but the women are beautiful out here. They it's are not absolutely. shallow. You being honest, like okay. I, I, that's I something gotta, I noticed as well. Okay. But yeah, I was just like, the women out here are just different. I'm like, I mean, Columbus has some beautiful women too, yeah, but it was, it was just like, everybody out here is beautiful. Like everybody just looks good. I'm just like, okay, this might be it. Then, 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 like um, after the game, we actually we all went out as a team because uh, we we smacked Notre Dame that year. So we went out as a yeah, team. I'm not surprised went, they always get smashed in bowl games. Oh, exactly. <laughs> hey, just, <laughs> um, so we went out as a team, 
it's the old sound, which I didn't know was called old sound at the time. And I, I, I remember being out drunk and I was like, why is everywhere so lit? Everywhere <laughs> so lit. I was like, I got him yeah. ASAP. But they, I, I, so that was my initial, um, I guess, when I first got to AC, I was like, yeah, I got to move out here because from like a, like a, a party aspect, people aspect, and environment aspect, weather and whatnot. But I mean, as the years progressed, <clears throat> I told myself, I'm moving to AC for sure. But then I started getting into like entrepreneur type activities and whatnot. And I realized like there's a lot of money out here and a lot of wealth, yeah. a lot of possibilities and opportunities for me personally. And I was like, I can network with so many people because a lot of people, a lot of people aren't from AZ. A lot of people move from somewhere, from Cali, from Ohio, from the Midwest or something. But like a lot of people have aspirations and are, and are go-getters out here. And I want to be around the same like-minded people. And I feel like the opportunities will be endless out here. In addition to me, you know, pursuing a job as a pharmacist, but outside of pharmacists, like, I mean, I do Airbnb, passive income, Turo, the whole shebang. But like I said, there's a lot of people to network with, network with out here. And I've already had that experience, you know, within the short time I've been here or living here in the past month. And it's crazy. So I like basically uh, long story short is opportunities and, you know, the potential for growth is, is, is insane out here. So. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, obviously you always knew that you wanted to be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Is entrepreneurship kind of in the same vein as you always know that you wanted to start your own business, like being that that space? Or is it something that kind of like came along as you got older? No, actually, it didn't come along till very recently, till actually COVID. COVID was actually a blessing and a curse in the same sense for me because like, during COVID, like, um, I actually got hit into trading, into stocks and the crypto and all that, and the crypto aspect. Like, my friends, <clears throat> they were telling me about it because at this point, you know, if you're, if you're familiar with the stock market and what happened during COVID, like, it plummeted. And then, like, right after COVID or, like, not even right after because COVID is still going on. But basically, like, once, like, the, the, the crazy uh, uh, initial aspiration or initial <clears throat> beginning, like, kind of, like, lingered down a little bit, the stock market started going up up, 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 and everybody was making crazy money. So I jumped in right when basically like that was happening. So I was like, I'm about to be a millionaire from uh, from stocks. <laughs> so this is easy as hell. This I'm like, I don't know why I wasn't doing this forever. I should have been a, a full daytime trader forever ago. So like, that's really what got me into kind of like, like a passive income, like entrepreneur type, like just the, because of COVID, it, it got, it sat me down and allowed me to like start looking into other um, spaces outside of pharmacy. So that was my first real, I guess, dealing with something outside of pharmacy or, or seeing myself outside of being a pharmacist. And then once that, that got the ball rolling, then I end up doing Turo. If you're not familiar with Turo, Turo is just like Airbnb, but for your car. Mm-hmm. So I end up, um, I was talking to some of my homies and then like, yeah, we do Turo, bro. And I'm like, what's that? And they basically gave me the same explanation. I was like, oh, that's easy money. So I, I invested into, um, a car, of course. And then it's, I do that now. And then I started looking into Airbnb as well, just because at this time, Airbnb had waived its restrictions for like letting people rent out their places like via like an, an apartment. So like I was able to actually get a, um, a rental spot or um, a place right at my place, like another unit and just rent that out because it was easy money because Airbnb had re- like waived like their restrictions in regards to like you having to own the property. So I was like, this is easy money. Like, what else can I do? Then I started looking into real estate. And then 
um, Warner actually reached out to me about the uh, <clears throat> World Financial Group and like passive income and 401ks and life annuities. And I, it, from basically uh, all from COVID, like I just kept the ball rolling from there. So that was within the past two years. So I've, I definitely haven't had aspirations my whole life. Pharmacist has always been my go-to number one, but I want to be, I want to have generational wealth. So I knew I couldn't do that just working as a pharmacist. So I started looking into other, um, other realms. Well, you definitely picked the right industry. I mean, I'm pretty sure Warner already told you about this, but finances is the number one industry when it comes to money. And exactly. no matter if it's COVID, no matter if it's a recession, people always are going to need help with their money. Like I was just talking to somebody not that long ago and they were like, hey, you know, uh, I spend blah, 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 this, that, and the third. And I was like, dang, luckily you met me because, you know, I'm the I'm your money doctor. Like I, I deal with money and everything like that. So people are consciously like understanding of the importance of, you know, understanding their personal finances. And I feel like, man, this, the sky's the limit really. Like from not only the financial standpoint, but from a leadership and development standpoint. Right. So, uh, dang, I pretty much asked you like all the main questions. Oh. I do have one other question before I get into the game. What's up? Uh, so I know you have went and you went to training camp, right, for the Titans, all right? What was that experience like? Because obviously different levels of sports is just different, right? It could be from middle school to high school, high school to college. But you went from an elite program to now you're playing in the NFL, right, trying to make a, a roster. What was that experience like? That experience was intense, nonetheless. It was strictly business. And the thing that really, that the chip on my shoulder was, so I signed, I got signed by the Tennessee Titans as a cornerback. So remember my last year at uh, like who I received. Receiver. <laughs> so now it's been a whole, almost two years since I played DB or cornerback or anything on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm getting signed to an NFL team at DB. The main reason for that was because Coach Combs, he, uh, he was a DB coach at Ohio State. He was my DB coach when I was playing there, but uh, he left the program to take a job at uh, with the Titans. So he was a cornerback coach there. So my best chances of making the 53 man roster were to go with him because I already knew somebody on the um, yeah. already coaches but he was like the only way you're coming here is if you play db for me so i was like all right of course i'm, I'm gonna take the challenge i'm not going to yeah. step a once in a lifetime opportunity so yeah. i signed him and i get there and like the thing is like nfl college to nfl is everybody knows it's completely different but when you get there it's really completely different because you're even like the shitty guys quote unquote are still the best cats on their yeah. uh, program so like they're still dogs. Everybody's a dog. Everybody is a straight dog. So like, I'm I'm lining up against cats who play receiver or who played uh, yeah, who played receiver for four or five years, was a starter for four of the years. Maybe went to like Colorado or some like D1, like still known school, but like still straight dogs. And I'm I'm basically raw at my DB position because I haven't played DB in two years at this point. Yeah. So like, coming like I already had a chip on my shoulder from that aspect. So that was hard in itself from a physical aspect. But then like the R and the environment when you play in the league is different because it's in college is like a brotherhood. Like you're, you're bonded, yeah. you're excited, like you, you, you got love for each other because you, you guys grinded it. You, you did team workouts, did all the shit. So like you have a, a brotherhood, a unity at some point. And the NFL is 
doggy world, a doggy doggy world. So like it's you're by yourself. You're there. I mean, it's strictly a business. There's no like, damn, I'm I'm looking out for my homie right there. It's like, nah, you're trying yeah. to at a roster. Like it's either you know go out and bar or go home. Like you don't you don't got love for nobody until you make the 53 man roster. Then that's when you start you know building the brotherhood and all that. Because yeah. <laughs> team, but like initially you're by yourself. It's and that was that was one of the hardest aspects about it because like. I'm used to, you know, a brotherhood, like playing at Ohio State for three, four years. Like I'm used to having someone like have my back type shit. But at the end of the day, like I'm still a dog. But like it was it was a the physical aspect was definitely the hardest because I was raw in my position and they mostly brought me on. So like my biggest uh, like I playmaking ability at Ohio State was I was a special teams guy, like big kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, the whole shebang. So like I would ball in on special teams. So that's really why the NF, uh, why the Tennessee Titans brought me. They're like, as long as you can, like, you know, show that you have some some skill at DB, we we, we have you mostly here because we want you to be our special teams guy. So our, our special teams ace, essentially. But long story short, I end up, you know, pulling my hamstring and getting cut. And remember, I signed a free agency contract. I didn't get drafted by them. Yeah. So, like, when, you, when you're not drafted, you don't really have any any wiggle room. So, like, once you, don't, once you can't produce, once you can't, you know, be effective yeah. – or it cuts you like that. I remember, I remember the day too, because it was after practice, and I was going back to the locker room, and I get a tap on my shoulder. They're like, hey, uh, "Goings, um, uh, coach wants to speak speak with you in the uh, the meeting room." And I was like, "For real?" He's like, "Yeah, the GM wants to talk to you too." I was like, "Damn, is he either something good or something bad? That's the only options." I'm like, "Damn, I don't think it's something good for real." Because I, I already, I was already here. I was playing on a hurt hamstring for the longest time. And then basically, like when I talked to um, Coach Vrabel and the um, the uh, GM at the time, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to let you go. You're not producing enough." And listen, that we're like, "We'll send your team or your uh, fil- or your film out to 31 other teams." And I was like, "All right, I appreciate it. You know, thanks for the opportunity." But I, it was it was a wrap after that. But I mean, it's I'm just blessed to say I, I got the opportunity and be around that kind of talent and that kind of um, that aura and that environment was was still a blessing in disguise. It definitely taught me a lot. You learn quick as hell. For sure. And then ironically, like cause I got uh, cut in the summertime. So pharmacy school had hadn't started. It was probably a month out before pharmacy school started. Oh, wow. So I was like, I'm not going to I mean, I didn't really have like true aspirations to play in the league. It was more of like I had the opportunity. I'm not going to not do it because it's a once in a life opportunity. But as soon as I got hurt, I was like, this is God telling me that just go ahead and, you know, keep your brain, keep your mental and just go with the uh, the pharmacy or the pharmacist pathway. Yeah, that's probably what he was telling you because like it just it just happened to a line where you still had enough time to enroll into your program. Like, exactly. I don't think that's just like by coincidence. Exactly. So, yeah, but it's still like I said, it's still a good ass experience though. Nice. nice. I also, I'm curious. I mean, this is more of a like me being a, a sports head type of question. Did you ever have to guard AJ Brown during no. that whole training camp? All right. Now no, he he was the one. He was the one. <laughs> it was it was never ones against threes or fours or whatever I was. It was always ones against ones, twos against twos okay. type shit. So they they always did it like by grouping because I wasn't sure like how that that worked when you're in that environment. No, nah, not 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 being like a rookie free agent. No, you wasn't guarding against that. You know the your starters because think about it. Like it's not like, fair. Well, that in a sense, yeah. but think about like, say like me, a nobody essentially to them mm-hmm. comes in and I'm, and I'm guarding their best receiver, AJ Brown. Say it, say I go too hard because I'm trying to prove my point. Like I, I want to be on the team. Uh, and, I and he gets hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Like, All right. That makes sense. 
That makes sense. That makes sense. Either he gets hurt or like, I don't know, just anything could happen. So yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Makes They're sense. not gonna, I mean, it's from like a political aspect, but also from like a safety standpoint too. Cause I would I, ideally like I want to take on the best person. I want to show that I can guard the best because mm-hmm. then that looks that's good rapport for me, but yeah. they're, they're not gonna risk that at all. Like then that's that fucks yeah. up the season if I hurt him and I'm for sure getting cut if I hurt <laughs> number one player, number one receiver. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you heard him, they for sure gotta cut you because it's like that's our guy. Like yeah. we are like, not going to the playoffs if he gets hurt. That makes sense. I guess I never thought about it like that. Cause I know in basketball slightly different, like everyone is going against everyone in a way, but there's a lot less contact in basketball versus football. So you get away with having like Joe Schmo guard LeBron for a possession. For a minute or two. Yeah. Like, yeah. like one-on-ones it's different. It's way, it's a lot of jabbing, moving, sticking. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> All right, well, that's all my questions, so I'm going to get into the game. So for the game, I'm going to do rapid-fire questions, all right? So basically, just like the name, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to say basically the first thing that comes to mind. All right, Dan, bet it. All right, so my first question is, if you could have one book, one TV show, and one meal on a secluded island, what would it be? Uh, one TV show, Game of Thrones, hmm. one book, uh, whew. let me go to the other one. What's the other one? One what? Uh, one TV show, one book, and one meal. Oh, uh, one meal? Oh, yeah. Uh, whew. what I just made the other day, that, uh, Tuscan, ch- uh, chicken and shrimp, um, spaghetti, not spaghetti, what was pasta? it? Pasta. Yeah. Pasta, pasta. And then book-wise, man, the book ones, the book ones is, uh, I would say it's gotta be this is the nerd coming out of me. It's gotta be the Harry Potter. Um, Harry, can I say the series or is just one book? One book. You gotta pick the book you you like the most in the series. I don't care if it's book three, four, seven. It's gotta be a Goblet of Fire then. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Pretty good movie. Well, I saw the movie. I ain't gonna read the book. I ain't even gonna lie to you. It's a child coming out of me. I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> Potter fan, so I'm gonna rock with that. Yeah. Hey, salute to you, because I ain't read any of those books all the way through. I only saw the movies. Man, you got to read the books, bro. It's way better. They're way better than the movies, for sure. The I can books believe are... it. Always. Always. Like, I mean, yeah, because like, I'm a Hunger Games fan. Like, I'm a non-fictional kind of cat. Yeah, I, but... I like Hunger Games, too. Yeah, I like Hunger Games, too. So, when you think of football, what's the first word that comes to mind? Mm, four to six. A to B, which which doesn't make any sense or mean anything to y'all, but basically it was a saying that Coach Meyer would say. So like every football play lasts four to six seconds, and then from A to B you want to be going as hard as possible. So like for four to six seconds you want to be giving you all from point A to point B. He just basically instilled that into us from day one. That's all he would say: four to six A to B. So that's that's a phrase that comes to my head every time I think of football. Mm. Of course. Urban Meyer keeps it simple like that. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. If you, all right, you're probably going to be thrown off by this, but I'm curious. If you could be on any cooking show, which one would you be on? I'm not going to cap. I don't even be watching cooking shows like that. Hmm. But you just be cooking. So I was like, maybe I, he, he know a little, little something, something. I would say the 
the one that Gordon Ramsay Gordon Ramsay be on because he's I think funny. That's Iron Chef. <laughs> yeah, I'd be on that just because he's on that show. I go at him. I'll go right at him. Hey, we would butt heads. You ain't gonna be talking to me like that. <laughs> he wild. I'll be wondering like if people scared that scared of him because he be saying hey. some very disrespectful stuff. Hey, he don't give a fuck. He just be. <laughs> Yeah, hey, whatever comes to mind, he says it. I respect it for sure, but I would definitely butt heads with him. Yeah. Oh man, it said this, this, this tastes undercooked. What do you mean it's undercooked, motherfucker? This is awful. You <laughs> don't care. It's straight blunt. Oh man. All right. If you could get on a fifteen-minute phone call with any entrepreneur, business owner you don't already know personally, who would you call? Oof. That I don't know personally. Yeah. I want to talk to Elon. I'm not going to lie. I want to talk to Elon. You're a genius. I need that he's, Tesla. He's a little like, if you've seen any of his, his um, interview, he's a little, he comes off a little weird. Like, I feel like he's socially awkward, but I feel like I want to, I want to know exactly what he's thinking. Like, he's, he's a genius. Like, he's a, yeah. I don't know how, how he does it for real because he's so socially awkward. Like, I've seen some of his calls. Some of his interviews, and I'm like, how does, how, like, I just want to sit down and talk to him personally, one on one, and be like, where, what do you be thinking? Because he's a genius. He's a, he's a genius. Like, I mean, yeah. I, obviously, like he has Tesla, but like, I just want to pick his brain for a little bit. But yeah, I would definitely say Elon Musk. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, what's one thing you never leave the house without, and you can't say your phone? Keys. <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> how you gonna get in your crib okay all right now the bonus this is a, a little off the wall but i'm just curious to what you what you would say so if you had to fight an orangutan or swim from one side of a beach to another to get a billion dollars which one would you do damn <laughs> i'm the hell out of that orangutan because i can't <laughs> I'm putting Dukes up for sure. Hey, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a close battle, but yeah, I, I'm gonna drown if I try to swim to the other side of the beach for sure. <laughs> Ain't no way. I already know that's that's an L for me. I at least got a chance with the orangutan. These hands work. Swimming, <laughs> no, because it's a lot of muscle here, so like you know, I'm yeah. pretty. I don't be floating like that, so like I'm not. I I fuck around and drown. <laughs> yeah, to the other side of the beach. So yeah, that's that's. Oh, we. Yeah, call it. <laughs> oh, we. I might have to name it the, the the title of the episode. These hands work. <laughs> People gonna be like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Boy, this is A to B. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. That's crazy. The band, sure. <laughs> All right, so that's all we have for this week's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure you check out the next episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Jack Onovan. And I'll also have Eli's info, or if you want to call him Dr. Gons, in the bio. Yeah. That's all. LA out. Peace.